in a series here in a moment, we want you to know uh, we had some booklets. We had, we had more booklets, but there was some water damage on the way. And so we didn't get as many printed of our printed books, but uh, for our series that we're doing. So just a handful, and they might be gone the time you leave, and we're, we apologize for that. We do have a digital version that's out there, so you just go to our website. It's, a, it's actually really cool. You can interact with it. You can fill it in, interact, do that. Hopefully next week we'll have books that will be printed for you. Do that. But before we jump in this series, I do want to say this is thank you for those that participate in giving in the church. It's been really awesome. Thank you for that. If you haven't started giving, and this is your church, we have some the boxes in the back and everything uh, that you can do. You can also do that on, online. And I, I bring that up of, of you are a part of what God's doing here locally. And it's, it's exciting in the giving, and especially as mentioned yesterday with the berm and the serving. So we're all these different parts of that. But one of the things also is really great is prayer. And if you have a prayer request, we're, we're actually gathering even more people that are interceding for the needs that we have each and every week when you fill out your connection card or you, you uh, do it online to do that. And so we want you to know they are prayed over and a bigger group of people are praying for. And if you sign up for the day to pray, we have a day to pray once a, a month. We commit to pray for Whatcom County, for other churches, and really around the world, there's a sign up for that. So we're, there's many different ways to be involved in participating in the life of the church. As, as, as Wes says, you, you came and, and you're sitting, and that's okay. If you're here and you're just still trying to figure out life and God and everything, you're like, I just want to come and sit, that's great. But at some point going, Lord, where do I, where do I take a next step? But we just want to help you to do that. Now, wanted to share with you today that, just kind of get things going, uh, I shared last week that, 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 that I was a little shy in high school. That might surprise you, but I was, I was a shy kid. And my, my friend wanted to, he goes, I, there's this girl, I don't think, I, I haven't really shared much of my love life uh, as a teenager, but I, I met this girl uh, that, he, go, he goes, it's my, it's, my, it's my girlfriend's cousin, and she's really hot. I'm like, that's kind of odd to say about your girlfriend's cousin, but all I just say is, no, you're going to really like her, really, he goes, I don't, I'm like, I don't know, I don't really, you know, I'm not really into blind dates and everything, no, no, he goes, no, this is what you can do, when you go to the door, and she opens up, after you're doing the door, and, and you look at her, and you go, you don't really like what you see, just fake an asthma attack, I'm like, what? Yeah, just go to, when you go to the door and you're like, and you're, and you're just like, oh, I'm just not feeling well. I'm getting an asthma attack, and, and then leave. And you're like, that's that's an out, right? So I'm like, oh, whatever. Okay, so I, I go to the door, and I ring the doorbell. She opens up. I look at her, and she's gorgeous, beautiful out. And then she looks at me, and she goes, oh. Now, I think you're laughing at me because um, you think that's funny, but it wasn't funny at the time. No, that never happened. That never happened. <laughs> but we, we're going to talk today about face value. At face value, we, we judge. We do this. We, we say, oh, you shouldn't ju judge a book by its cover. But we do with people, don't we? We, we size people up all the time. And with now digitally, we do it left and right. I mean, filters and Botox and facelifts and, and all these images and things that we live by imaging, and we, we really approach uh, life and people at many times at face value. And I don't think it's getting better, is it? We just, we just do. Our 
aren't you glad that God, when you open the door to him and he looks at you, he doesn't go, oh. He, he, he loves us beyond. He loves, what he loves the most is he loves our heart. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Of course, the theme of God, God being the king of our hearts is, is, the, is what we're focusing on. That's the core of who we are. I, I don't know if you've had to do it. This is for the younger people. Someday you probably will get an electrocardiogram. Has anybody done that before, an EKG, right? And, and some of you, you know, and you hook, they hook up the different, you know, pads on your, your body. And it's some of us who have, like, hair, that's painful, okay, to do that. Why the way they rip them off. But what they're doing is they're, they're checking your heart. And, and God does the same thing. In fact, in Luke, Jesus says this, almost like a spiritual EKG. He says, the good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. It's not, it, what God's care about is not what's on face value. He cares about the, the content and the quality of our hearts. It, it's the heart that matters, right? Let me just do a little, a little thought here. Hey, when you, when you, why don't you do this? I want you just to point to yourself. Can you do that? Just point to yourself. Point. I don't see one person. Oh, now you're figuring it out. I, most people, 99% of the people here pointed to here, right? One of you goes, oh, I know what you're doing. We, we identify ourselves, who we are is here, not here. Now you think about who you are, but a lot of times it's, it's the core of who we are, right? And so our intrinsic value comes from that. See, our heart, you know what it does? It determines how the, the things we do. We, the, you go, I didn't mean to say what I said. And, 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 and yeah, well, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. I, I look at how I feel, and, and people will believe this lie. Well, you know, my heart, I just, this, I just feel in my heart, but my heart leads me astray, right? It, it's not a good thing. It, it leads me to the pit. That's why the, the Bible says in Hebrews that the Word of God judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. I filter my life through truth, not how I feel, but we can do that sometimes. What we, it has to do with how we act. So guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. There's this connection, there's this deep thing. So deep down, whether it's you know, water and food and shelter, we all need to know that there's a heart connection of who we are to be fully known and to be fully loved. It's, it comes from our heart. And that's the gospel, right? God fully knows us and yet fully loves us still the same. Loves everything about us. Jesus, was, he proved it through Christ's coming. To be, even though we, we're fully known, like all our imperfections and all our blemishes and all our mistakes, and yet he sent Christ to come to us to prove his love to us, to dine on the cross for us, to be fully known and fully loved. And so with that, when we are loved, then we take a risk to love. And that's where wonderful opportunities of, re of relationship happen. And then there's awful experiences happen when we give our hearts to someone and they seem to shove it back in our face and slam the door experienced that in our life. There's deep wounds. So why is that? Because God's greatest concern for us is, is our heart. So today, 
is a, is a main thought is this. God's greatest concern is not the image that we portray, but the content and the quality of our hearts. He is in wanting to be the king of hearts. And so it's this theme we've been talking about, that life isn't the luck of the draw, the roll of the dice. It's yet God gives us a hand to play. He gives us life. So how are you going to use in, in, in this freedom of choice that I have given you? And so that's our heart in the series and, you know, doing our growth guides and studying God's word and coming on Sundays and getting involved in groups is all a part as we grow together. And we're going through and li- looking at this series through the life of King David. Now, before we got to him and even in a moment here today, talk about David being king, there was another king. Last week, we talked on about how Saul was the first king. The people rejected God as their king, and they said, we want a king. What they wanted was a king in their own image. And God says, great, I'm going to give you one. Here he is. And Saul is described as a stud of a man. I mean, he's head and shoulders than anyone else. Outwardly, he's, he's very, very looked the part. But inwardly, he was a mouse more than a man. He cowered at the most critical moments in his leadership. And it goes to show, listen, good looks, athleticism, talents, abilities, having, having wonderful intellect are all gifts God's given us. So if you have any of those, good for you. Keep using them. But if that is your value of who you are, guess what? It's gonna, it is a falling of house of cards. And that really described everything about Saul inwardly. Saul's downfall is he wanted, as he was put on a pedestal, it was all about pleasing people rather than pleasing God. And so God goes, he just says, we're, I'm declaring a misdeal. We're going we're gonna to try this again. I'm looking for someone who's a man or woman after my own heart. And that's where we're going here today. I want to talk about this new king that God calls and the idea of having a heart like God's. If you're taking notes, you can you can write this in is when we are out of options, what we're going to find out is this, that God opens opportunities. And that's really what happens here. Now, some of you at times, and I find myself in the down days, hard to motivate myself, right? Especially when no one's really telling you what to do. You go like, I got to get my act together. I got things to do. I got things to accomplish. And we can procrastinate and we can get down. Or when things aren't working out too well, it's very, very difficult. And there's that, those down days. You got to think that Samuel the prophet was feeling a bit down. He was feeling after God rejected Saul to be the king, which Samuel's going, wait a second, God, didn't you... What, you wanted him, and now it's not. And, and that must have been a very difficult time, this, this loss. And so God then comes to Samuel again and says, okay, pity party's over. It's time to go get a new king. And I want you to go to a place to get this king. And, and Samuel's like, wait a second. This is difficult because the king we have, even though you don't like him, God, he's still declaring himself king. This is a little difficult. Well, God gives him a scheme. He says, go to a place, and I want you to make some sacrifices, which he does as a prophet and a priest. And so he tells Saul that's where he's going. And he goes, and God sends him to a little town called Bethlehem. Have you guys heard of Bethlehem before? And it, apparently there's some great babies that can become kings there, okay? And so that is where Samuel goes, and he is told specifically to go to a guy 
named Jesse who has a bunch of sons. Sammy has, has Jesse bring out the boys, lines them up, and he passes by him from the oldest to the youngest. And as he's doing this, this is what it says in verse 6 of Samuel, 1 Samuel 16. Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. So he's going through and he's looking at each of them. And God, how about this one? Nope. God, how about this one? Nope. God, how about this one? Nope. And it says this in verse 10. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. What's going on here? Could be a little bit frustrating, okay? You're, how many times do you go? I'm like, no, 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 not that one. How about this one? Nope, not quite there. Have you ever felt left, uh, 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 left empty-handed in life? Where you put a lot of energies and a lot of things that you're trying to do and accomplish and with people you are. I, I found that a lot. I, in fact, guys, you can kind of relate with this. You know, when my wife and I were first married, she would like for me to go to the department store where she would try on clothes. And so a couple of things I still want to put in the comments and maybe in the reviews to some of these places still is this, if they could have a place to sit, yes, and, and a TV to watch the game, Okay. ESPN and some seats available and maybe a snack bar, maybe just curing coffee or something on the side, right? But no, no, I'm left. And then she says, you know, here, hold my purse. Whew, all right. So and I've learned to hold purses. Guys, don't, do not hold purses like this. You're not a woman, okay? Don't hold it like a woman or a strap like this. Hold it like a football, okay? <laughs> Wrap it. You hold the purse. So you wait, you wait. And she'd come and try on clothes, try on clothes. And it would be maybe not minutes, but it felt like hours, okay? I could have dig ditches all day and do other things, but to stand and do that. And I don't know why it's so hot in those places as well. And, and so then she, she gets up. She goes, okay, that's it. And she walks out. I'm like, well, aren't you going to buy anything? I'm like, oh, no, none of this worked out. What? <laughs> Left holding the bag, literally. Like, we're not going to, you know. Now she's great because she spends lots of money now on things. No, I'm kidding. I'm really throwing you under the bus. It's not, none of that's for you too. What you did come left, you did come out uh, empty-handed at times, and she's just trying to find the right, right thing to do that. I am, actually, I am the spender in, in life. But here's the thing. Where am I going with this? Getting in a hole, actually. Is, is this. It's, uh, there'll be an interesting lunch conversation. Uh, it, is this. You have had this in life. You've had this happen in your job interviews. You go through this whole process. Some of you have gone weeks, even months, in a job application. They're like, oh, sorry, we're going to pass, right? You've gone through this in, in, in personal businesses where you've lost something and lost, a, lost money or investments. Some of you have done that in relationships and marriages you invest in, children you raised, friendships. All of this has brought stress on our lives, and we keep going and hearing no, 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 no. And what we end up finding ourselves in a place where we're going, God, what's the deal? We're running out of brothers here. There's nobody else. What, 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 what is happening? There's, there seems to be no other options. And yet, in the no other options, what we find is God's creating some opportunities and leaning on him and what he has next. If we see things beyond face value, and go deeper, say, God, what are you doing? What are you teaching me? What, what are you really at work? That's what matters is the deep work. See, in our search for a king in our life, whether it be a job or relationship or opportunity or healing 
All that matters. That the journey with God is just as important as the destination where God's taking us. You know this true in a, in a road trip when you go with your family. How you've gone on family road trips before because you've got pictures, you've shown it, and you, you've traveled, and maybe you're going to some amusement park. And you, you've traveled there. How many know it, 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 it can be stressful? You know, kids are fighting in the back seat. Parents are arguing which way to go. And back when I was a kid, we didn't have GPS. We had a big map, and then my mom would have the map, and then, and then, and then it's upside down, and then we're just trying to figure out where to go. And there was a lot of fighting, a lot of bickering. And then finally you get there, and like, we made it. Like, oh, we just about killed each other to get there. That's not God's plan for our life. It's not just about getting there. It's about the journey that we go and our life that we have. That's what really we learn. See, when we go through life, in having really a heart like God's is this, what we consider plan B is really God's plan A. What we consider God's plan B is really God's plan A. We've been around people that are wound pretty tight, aren't they? They have tight schedules and tight things, and you, you're just trying to get through. And like, oh, man, you got 3.5 minutes to go use the restroom and come back and get on the bus. And you're just like, this is what we find. And I find myself, I'm a planner. I, I, I love to plan things out. And I, at times, I feel like, oh, God, you've given me an idea, uh, a thought, something that we're going to do and personally or as a church. And what I found is sometimes is that, that, that I, I've got plan A, I mean, I've got A on the, on the list, and I get to M, and I feel like, God, where are you? What happened? And the Lord's kind of going back like, well, you left me at B. <laughs> you didn't consult me along the lines. Again, not just getting to the journey get, or getting to the end of it. I want to be involved in all of it. I'm at work in each part of what I am doing. I like what Isaiah says. It says, uh, God says this, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways are my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I'm sure that was a struggle for Samuel. God tells him to go get this king for the people, and he does, and then God's going, nah, that's not, that one's not going to work out. We're, there's another one out there. So he has to sneak to another town to go to the end of the line, that, and find out none of these are working out. Now what? Well, very perplexing that finally we get to the place where I think it's one of the most powerful statements I believe that can really be liberating for all of us. This is what finally the Lord says to Samuel. Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that man looks at, but man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Here's a question for you. Is what are you looking for in a man? Now, the guys in the room are going, that's not a question I want to think about. That's not what I'm thinking about. No, it's in everything. I'm not just talking romance. I'm talking about the care to the people that you are with in business, in close proximity, in relationship, in confidentiality. What kind of man are you looking to be? And I think the question, or you're looking for, also the question is, what kind of man are you? What kind of woman are you? The quality, the character of someone's heart versus the outward appearance. See, many times we get fooled at face value, don't we? 
We take people and their talents and their abilities and times, what they can do for us, and we, there is a testing of time. And it's not here you're, again, prejudging people, but you're walking through a relationship with trust. I know at times there's, a, there's the first decision to say, I'm going to try to trust this person. I get that. But true trust is built in relationship. It's walking with people in a season, and then you're finding in that season, in the good seasons and the bad season, are they, are they trusted people around us? And I, what we find is that Samuel saw the testing that happened that Saul wasn't going to be the one based on the outward expressions. Everything looked like he was going to be a good king, but did not. And they needed to go beyond face value to look at the quality of the heart. See, as, as we desire to have a heart like his, is this, that God's best many times is the least. God's best is many times is the least. How many love an underdog story? I love underdog stories. I, I'm a sucker for all the Rockies and now the Creeds, and I, I love all those sports kind of movies. But what I love is the real stories, the real life stories, that people came from nothing, had no talent, but they had heart and determination. God loves an underdog. And David was the underdog. He was the ultimate underdog. Samuel realized that what God was doing and that he's even out of all the other options. So he asked Jesse this question. I think this is interesting. Like, out of the seven sons, by the way, seven is the number for perfection. You think, you're at seven, what's next? This one says, he asked Jesse, are, there, are these all the sons you have? Well, he goes, they're still the youngest, Jesse answered, but he's tending sheep. <laughs> the youngest, right? Typically not your first, not your second, but your last choice. And yet, Jesus said, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. So Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent him and had him brought in. And look at this. It says, he was ruddy with a fine appearance and handsome features. <laughs> ruddy. Oh, that's an interesting description. That literally it means in Hebrew, well, Red. Here's this red-faced kid coming in, and that's the description that, that God's word has of David. It seems kind of odd, don't you think? Yet it all fits into the picture. What, is, what does red have connected with? Well, he's got some good blood flow. <laughs> he's been active in what he's doing. He isn't just sitting, you know, pasty in a, in a corner. He's exercising he's he's active he's he's involved in life and there's life flowing through him and God's saying that's the person I want I want a person that not only has a physical appearance of life but that's my heart that I have that's the person I want to represent my people not some plastic outside appearing but person of character I want people who are filled with passion and life, who are calling to greatness. God's going, this is, this is the kid. This is, a, this is the kid that is tending sheep, but one day is going to tend my people. And where does it leave us? Is this is that if God can use a, a ruddy little kid and, and, and is a sheep herder, he can use us. He has a plan for us, us ordinary underdogs. I know some of you that you didn't grow up with a silver spoon in your mouth. You weren't handed a bank account or a trust fund. You had to earn it. You had to work your tail off. You had to push uh, 
you had to push forward. You, you've been the least. You've been the last. You've been abused. You've been neglected. You've been rejected. You've been wounded. You've been burned. You felt like damaged goods. Some of you are in this room. You can say, I've gone through a lot in life. You could say you've been a little ready. And we could even say this, though. All that I've gone through and everything happened, I, well, it's, 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 it's too late. I, I just, there's too much that's happened. Well, I want to tell you today, nice try. That's not how it works. You still have blood flowing through you. You still have a heart pumping and even a spiritual heart that truly does care. And asking the question, what do you truly, truly care about? It's what matters. That will be the motivation of life. I love what Scripture says this. Can we kind of go, I don't know. What do we have? What do we have to offer? Well, I love this. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of the world and the spised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are are so no one may boost before him. That's the work he wants to do. That's the type of heart a person he wants. Us little ruddy selves that he wants to use to display his kingdom through. That he looks in our face when we open the door to our lives. He says, I don't reject you. I accept you. I want you. I want to empower you with my purpose. Now, you ever wonder what David was thinking when he was anointed king? What he was feeling? Most likely, knowing all that's going on, he's like, what? What's happening? What happened about the other guy? No, we're not, using, we're not having the other guy. We want you to be king. He probably felt a little like second choice. Now, you think about it, not just second choice, but he was like the ninth choice. <laughs> Seven brothers and then the guy behind Saul. He's like, that's who he's choosing. And I think at times we, we don't always see ourselves as the top choice. We don't really see, we're, we're, are we God's backup plan here? Well, let me leave you with this final thought. We all can be the one that God wants to use. We all can be the one God wants to use. First Samuel 16, when David came to the door, God spoke to him and says, rise and anoint him. He's the one. And he probably, Samuel's like, finally we got the right guy. It says this. So Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power. He was the one. He was anointed. Now I know none of us are probably going to be anointed to be king of a nation. That's, that's not needed. But we are anointed. God has anointed each one of us as his followers. Jesus came, he died, he rose again, he ascended to heaven and said, my spirit's going to come and it's going to anoint, it's going to fill all of them. Yeah, in Acts chapter 2, it says, all were filled with the Holy Spirit. Every single believer has the spirit, has the anointing. You are the anointed one. It's not a pastor, it's not a person with a title, it's, it's not a special anybody anymore. The church is the people. God's anointed people that he wants to use. A royal, in fact, a royal kingdom. I love what First Peter tells us this, as we're about to close. It says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you're not a people, but you are now the people of God. You and I, little ruddy, ordinary people. God wants to use collectively to touch this world. As we go to prayer, 
shared this a few times you've been around for a while, but I thought I'd share it again this morning. How sometimes we can feel like we're not good enough. In fact, we sang that in the song Echoes. Sometimes you felt that, like, man, I'm just not good enough. I'm not, I don't even really feel like you're, you're, I'm the top choice, God. There's no way. I mean, why, how could you use me? Because of some wounded things and experiences we've gone through. When I was first, we were first married, Chris and I were youth pastors, and and the, and the two years we had, the first year was wonderful. It was just great. God was doing some great things. But the second year was pretty rough. It seemed like we're going in different directions as I was working with my pastor at the time. And one day he says, hey, it's not going to work out. We're, we're, we're going to have to let you go. I'm like, oh, what are you talking about? I was just devastated by that. And I was, I'm a person of questions. I said, well, I need to know. I need to understand. I don't understand. Why, why is this? He goes, well, all I can say is this, that, you know, there's, there's some people that are A-team people, and there's some people that are B-team people. And, you know, Dan, you're just really a B-team person. Those words were painful, you can imagine. Those words were really hurtful, but so grateful for the next experience of the pastor that I got to work with that says, that's not true. That is a lie matters, Dan, is your heart. My pastor, who, who I still in contact with today, is now retired, cared about the heart. God cares about the heart. When he's opened the door to you, he cares not what you look like, not what even the talents and abilities have. He cares about the heart. What is the quality of your heart? Because each one of us, we are God's A-team. We are God's people. There's no other people. There's no other entity out there but the church, this hope agency that God has called us to be. We are his A-team, each and every single one of us. You are uniquely created by God. You're formed and shaped from the very point of your mother's womb. You're intricately, wonderfully made to this point in time, and there's a hope and a future for each one of us. We are the anointed ones, not because of our anointing, because of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Jesus himself, that calls us his own, his very people we're called to do. As we go to prayer, will you bow with me? And I want you to take a moment, as, as Chris expressed, that was really good, an honest moment of your life. And right now, what voice are you hearing that's speaking life over you? If you're hearing something negative, negative words that you're not living up, you can't do it, or whatever. That is of the enemy, the devil himself that's speaking to you. That is not God. If there's conviction of sin, if there's something you didn't do or should have done, confess that to the Lord right now. Because that's, the Holy Spirit's a convictor as well. But he does not condemn you. Condemnation says, you did all these things, there's no hope for you. No, conviction says this, yes, but confess. Yes, Lord, I did that, I confess. And, and God comes, you're forgiven, you're healed from it. You are now, can step in, back into my anointing and the life I have for you. You are his chosen. You are anointed. You're his. Father, thank you for that reminder. Thank you, Lord, when it seems like there's no other options, there's just opportunities. Lord, thank you that you don't look to the greatest, you look to the least. Lord, you, when, when we, we feel like we're, we're just kind of plan B, you know, that we are your plan A. Just because of the disobedience of someone else, now we're in that role. That, 
That's all part of your plan. That's all part of your redemptive work that you're doing, Lord, that you've allowed us to choose to be a part of. It's not luck of the draw. It's not just by chance. You've given this life to play it in the way, God, you've called us to. And Lord, as we do, you are empowering us. You are pouring an anointing on us to see forth the power, through the, your power, to see forth what you want to accomplish in us individually and as a church. And I pray over each person here individually today. I pray that they would, if they don't have faith in you, Jesus, to be their Lord and Savior and King, they would put their allegiance onto you. Be my Lord, be my Savior today. But we call you as the Lord, as Christ the King of this, not just this church, but of the world, your, your church, what you're doing in and what you, Lord, what you want to do through us. And that goes for tomorrow evening as we gather back and re, reunite together back into this room, Lord. Will you prepare that time for us? Will you speak into us, God, what you have for your church and for the future and anything, whatever. It's not even about the destination to get to where we need to. May we walk and, 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 and journey in unity together for what you have, not just for ourselves, Lord, but a community that's lost, hurting, and broken and desperately, desperately need need you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We pray and declare you the king of our hearts today. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. invite you to stand as we go to prayer. As always, every single week, we offer prayer opportunity to come. Some people take advantage of it, and some people, but quite frankly, they come in with the burden, they leave with the burden. Oh, what that would be a that would be a bummer to do that. Why would you want to do that? If God has got something on your heart, our prayer teams as they come now, folks, you can you know that they they want to carry that burden to the cross with you. They want to help you get it there, and we want to leave it there and, and to find that freedom. If that's you today, if there's any way we can pray with you, we would love to be able to do that. We are the anointed ones. God's called us because of His anointing, what He's done as the King of Kings. Have a great day. I hope to see you all tomorrow night here at 7 o'clock. A few books on the way out. Grab those for this series we're in. Have a, have a great day. God bless you.